0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode and another edition of this week's Everything Medicare podcast. This is Christian Brindle here coming to you, and um, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Today, I have a very special treat for everybody. I've been talking about having some more interviews on and guests come on um, over the past couple of episodes, and I was able to finally um, link my schedule up with my dad. Schedule Bob Brindle. He's here with us, and um, I'm going to be able to ask him some questions and have some dialogue. And I thought it would be a really, really good treat for everybody who has kind of gotten to know me over the years, knows my story, how I got involved in the insurance industry. Um, and my dad is the person that got me into it. He taught me everything I know from the beginning, and um, he's just got a tremendous amount of experience and he's seen a lot. Um, thank you for doing this, Dad.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> well. I think the I think first off I'll give everybody a little introduction for you. Um I mean, you've been in the Medicare industry a very long time. Um and you've seen a lot of things. You've worked with a lot of people. Um you've seen the Medicare industry change a couple of different times over the years. And um I thought to hear your perspective and kind of you know your wisdom on where you think some things might be going and kind of and some in, insight on where things have gone would be really interesting for everybody listening at home. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you was how you got into the insurance industry. Why don't you give everybody a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the insurance industry and just to kind of a quick summary of your story.
1: I was involved in a, uh, insurance multi-level organization called AO Williams and now called prime And, um, they had an opportunity for you to learn, get your insurance license and learn the business. And they do life insurance and some investments and they do a lot of things like that. Um, they, they do not do any Medicare, um, health plans. And, uh, so I got my license and then I, I was a school bus driver and, uh, in summer of 1990, I, um, a friend of mine said, um, why don't you, know, I, I, I will, I will appreciate, I do appreciate, um, a. Williams for helping me get my insurance license, but it, it wasn't really my bag. It was a multi, 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 level rah-rah mm-hmm. organization and, it it was it was kind of uh, it it got me it was a means to an end and in June 1990 a friend of mine said why don't you come do what I'm doing and I said what are you doing I'm doing Medicare supp- supplements back then in our state there was just Medicare supplements and so I did that and um, I was able to I had some income coming in from the school district year round 12 months of the year and I was able to. Uh, learn the business and start selling uh, Medicare supplements and ancillary plans that go with Medicare supplements. And uh, I was able to keep make enough money to uh, survive the first year.
0: Now, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think a lot of people listening probably can identify with that with the multi-level thing. I know I can. Um, I mean, for those of you who've been listening since the beginning, I started um, doing multi level marketing way before I ever did insurance and um you know, and so I think we've all kind of been in that situation, me particularly as well um, The second question I wanted to ask you is, I think probably the biggest debate that I see insurance professionals have amongst each other, and a lot of people fall on both sides of the of the coin here on this is whether it'd be better for someone to go with a Medicare advantage plan or if it better to be for someone to go with a Medicare supplement. Now, I know, you know, probably the easy answer would be to say, you know, it depends on the person and their needs, but if you had to, if you had to strongly argue for one side over the other, what would you say, for the most part, is better for the majority of people? Of course, there's exceptions and there's no absolutes there or anything like that, but it, where do you fall on the side, on the coin, where it's, where, where in terms of the Medicare Advantage versus the Medicare supplement debate?
1: I believe the Medicare Advantage is a better value for people, because it it does give you some benefits that regular Medicare doesn't give you. It gives you, uh, you know, it pays for physicals, well physicals. It pays for some hearing aids sometimes, some dental sometimes. It pays pays for some of these other things that regular Medicare doesn't pay for. It simplifies everything. It puts your hospital and doctor and prescription benefits all in one plan. So people when they go to the doctor they only have one card to show instead of showing three cards. I mean a Medicare card, a Medicare supplement card and a and a Medicare drug card. It it's it's simpler for people, but you know, there are people I, I met a guy the other day and he was uh he had he had an insulin pump, he had you know, several drug, not drugs, but he had several uh, durable medical things where he was going to have to pay 20% on the Medicare Advantage plan. Plus he his, uh, he, he had had some other health problems and it just seemed to me for him, it'd be better for him to go to a Medicare supplement because he had these ongoing monthly, um, expenses that would be covered by the medicare sub which would reduce his overall cost down to where it's pretty close to a medicare advantage plan but overall i like medicare advantage plans
0: yeah yeah i mean i know that's what you have on yourself you know and so you're you're you practice what you preach you know um the next thing i thought would be an interesting topic to talk about is a lot of people like the idea of quality when it comes to picking an insurance company and looking for an insurance plan. And I know a lot of people really get tied into the idea of, you know, they've had a good experience with an insurance company throughout their life or possibly maybe even a bad experience, you know, um, on the flip side. And they really hold on to that when they're picking an insurance company, which I completely don't blame them for. Um, But what do you recommend that people look for when they're picking an insurance company? What, what, what would you say are the qualities of a quality insurance company for someone on Medicare, whether it be advantage plans or supplements?
1: Well, I think it's, it's more important for you to have a a strong carrier if you're buying life insurance or long-term care or something like that. I think Medicare supplements is not as critical. It's, it's more of um, what the value you're getting. I think because they're all standards standardized, you're gonna get the same thing from pretty med, much every Medicare supplement company, Medicare Advantage are not standardized. So it could be that you would get different, you're gonna get different benefits from them. But I don't think the carrier's that big of a deal. However, if you're, looking for a Medicare supplement and or a Medicare advantage plan and the company just started selling in your state i think i might wait around and see if they're going to make it because either on a Medicare advantage plan they'll pull out and cancel everybody or on a Medicare supplement they will that the rates will go crazy because they won't get enough people on there and the risk is spread by, between that group of people. And if there's not very many people and they don't succeed very well in their marketing, the rates will go up dramatically in a short period of time.
0: makes perfect sense to me. I mean, experience is a great thing, I think, to look for. And um, let me shift gears to this. And I think this is a really, really interesting question. Um, So I see a lot of times, and this kind of piggybacks off of the last question that we just talked about, is when it comes to quality of companies. Um, Would you say that sometimes, if it's close, it's worth taking a plan with maybe less benefits, if it means working with a better quality of company that may be easier to work with, opposed to maybe a company that will have, um, you know, maybe stronger benefits on paper, but maybe they don't quite have the reputation that you're looking for? Um, I mean, would you say sometimes it's maybe not a bad idea to take a little bit less benefits if it means working with a better carrier?
1: I, I, I don't think I would do that. I would, I would recommend, you know, look for, look for the same benefits, you know, with, I, I don't think that would be necessary.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you try to look for the same benefits and then, The tiebreaker would be the quality of company. Okay, well, um, folks, that will wrap up segment one. We're going to come back after a short um, sponsor break, and we're going to have more questions, more conversations with my dad, um, Bob Brindle, founder of Brindle Insurance Group. And um, stick with us. Stay right here. we got the best questions yet to come. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. This is our second segment of this week's Everything Medicare podcast. By the time you'll be listening to this, this will be Monday, May the 6th, 2019. So like I said, I hope you had a fantastic weekend and I hope you're having a great week so far. We're here with my dad, Bob Brindle, who's basically the sole reason... I mean, if any of you have read my book, Medicare Guidance, um, in my introduction, I pretty much... Say that he's the you know the the reason why I'm in the insurance industry and the reason why I had such an advantage over you know so many other agents you better
1: say that
0: yeah yeah, he's paying me to say that off camera there's no camera, but there's off off audio um basically folks you know my my dad means a lot to me, and I have a lot of respect for him, and I thought this would be a really, really good episode, and I'm excited about it um for you to be able to hear from a different perspective and from the perspective that really introduced me to the Medicare industry and the insurance industry. um, So the first question I want to jump into in this second segment is, and I think this is kind of a tricky question to answer for a lot of people because you're kind of looking into a crystal ball, but Medicare has always gone through some kinds of change. Um, Maybe not a little bit, but, and I anticipate it probably will continue to change somewhat, who knows what, but where if you had to guess where do you see the Medicare industry going in the next 10 years and why?
1: You know, no no one has a crystal ball. When I started in this business in 1990, there was no Medicare advantage plans. Um I don't think there was anywhere in the United States. Um and then they they uh we're in California, Florida, where all the density is, where all the seniors, a lot of seniors are, th- th- there's a lot of density. And it, it, um, you know, I, and then we, in our state, we had them for like uh, four years and then the funding went away and then they, uh, there weren't, were not any available. And I've always thought that, and I'm talking about Medicare Advantage plans, um, and I thought maybe this thing was going to fall apart 10, you know, five, five years into the business, 1995, I, had, I had gotten a, uh, a license to sell uh, homeowners and car insurance with farmers. And that was a waste of time. <laughs> and I just um, went, you know, I, I, I think I sold two policies. And then I, I just said, I, I don't want to do this and went back to the business, and now it's 30, almost 30 years later, and the business is still doing well for me and many others I know in the business. And as far as Medicare, you know, I, I as long as the government can print money, as long as the government exists, um, Medicare's going to be fine. It's, it's such a political football. It's never going to go away. Um, I mean, I, I just don't believe it'll ever go away.
0: That makes sense to me. And I, I think the same thing. I mean, you know, I know that coming up, you know, I've always heard from not just you, but other people in the industry that have been in this industry for as long as you have. And they kind of all say the same thing with that. They say that, you know, there's always been scares of it going away. There's always been talks of it going away and they always find a way to keep it going or they f- pull funding from something or they add funding from somewhere. So that I think that makes total sense to me. Um, let me shift gears to this. My next question is, I think, I think it's a, you know, to piggyback off the last one, but I think it's a little bit of a different topic. I think it's a really interesting question. Um, you've, like I said, you've been doing this for 30 years. You've seen a lot of changes. What do you think the most shocking change has, has been that when it happened, you just never saw it coming a mile away?
1: Well, we saw it coming in 2006, but we weren't sure how it was going to all shake out. Medicare Part D, Medicare drug plans. We weren't sure, you know, if people were going to get it from the government, and and many agents I know um, understood the same thing. Understood that you know, we weren't sure how it was gonna happen. How if, yeah, We were gonna get it from private insurance companies, um, and it was really a crazy time because people that didn't have drug plans wanted the drug plans uh, on their group plans or individual plans, and most Medicare, nor Medicare supplements, which are both old products, um, put it this way, mature products, um, They've been around for years and years and years. Those products um, never had drugs in them, or most of them didn't, very, very few. And so people wanted drug plans and it was a crazy time. And so that's the biggest change I can think of.
0: Makes sense. I can only imagine what that was like, you know, going from no drug plans to where there's automatically drug plans and everybody's gonna want them. You know, I mean that, I just can't even imagine. I think you already answered the next question, so I'm just going to skip that. Um, Let's shift gears to this. Um, What is the biggest mistake that you see people on Medicare make when it comes to making a decision in terms of their plan? When 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 they're in the process of making a choice, making a selection, what do you see people do wrong more than anything else that you commonly see?
1: I think sometimes people just overthink it and Medicare is, is not like group insurance or um, individual insurance. It's totally different. And I, I really think that people overthink it and they spend time figuring out getting spreadsheets and, and, and analyzing everything. And then I think at the end, they still don't know what to do and they flip a coin.
0: That makes sense to me. I mean, you, you always see people, you know, I've I've known a lot of people over the years, and I'm sure, you and I know you have too, you know, the way they're, when they're first coming into Medicare or whether they're making changes from year to year, a lot of people will spend hours of time making their own spreadsheets and all kinds of things, you know, like that. And it's just probably not necessary. For some people, maybe it is. Maybe that's how somebody wants to, you know, digest the information, but I think it's kind of overkill. And so I agree with you completely. Um, on the on the other side of things, I think I've, I'm a big proponent of people working with an agent on their plan. I, I mean, obviously, I think all agents are, but I think that's only in the event of um, working with a good agent, of course. You know, working with a bad agent probably isn't going to do much for you, um, or maybe they can point you in the wrong direction or whatever, but assuming someone works with a good agent a good agent that's you know knows what they're doing for one and two has the person's best interest in mind um what do you think a, the a benefit can be of working with a good agent what can a what could, what kind of benefits can a good agent bring to someone's life opposed to just someone doing it all by themselves
1: well a good agent might you know kind of alluding back to one of your other questions might know that this company is a little easier to work with than that company. Um, And, you know, a customer, potential client may not know that. Um, A good agent would be able to research your drugs um, to see which company would be the best to work with. And, you know, as far as, and do an analysis for you on and and a lot of people can do that on their own too. Um, a good agent would give customer great customer service um, because sometimes you have a lot of questions in the beginning. Like I said before, Medicare is different than any insurance you've ever had, and most you know most group insurances you have an out of pocket of three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, whatever. But Medicare has no out of pocket, and so. You you know, you could pay five thousand, five hundred, five, you know, five hundred thousand. Who knows? Um, so you need to I, I think you need to rely on an agent uh to help you with with your decision. I mean you don't have to, of course, you know, it's a free country. Um but most of the time, you know, when you have car insurance you usually talk to um an agent. Um even if you call GeICO or somebody, you're talking to an agent
0: mm-hmm. I think most people don't know that. you know I think most people forget that. You know when you're, when you're calling Geico, you're talking to an agent. it just might be an agent that may, might know less than maybe an independent agent, you know, because they're working for that one carrier. So I, I think that's a great point, and um, I agree completely. Sticking with the agent topic. And I think this is kind of an interesting topic as far as, you know, people like us. Do you ever think that agents won't be necessary for the consumer when it comes to insurance, maybe as a whole, but maybe just Medicare and specifically?
1: I really don't think so. I think some people, even though, you know, we have all these iPhones, iPads, iPads, uh internet access, 4G, 5G coming, all this stuff. People still, even younger people sometimes still want to sit down and talk to somebody one on one. Um because because Medicare, like I said previously, it's it's not you know the insurance you've been on all your life. It's different. And there's always changes. And there's changes in Medicare every year, Um, and if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, it changes every year. And so it's good that we have to, we as agents have to go through training every year to sell Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare drug plans. We don't just sign up and we're, you know, we never have to do any homework. We never have to do any research. We have to keep uh, learning every year and so that's going to benefit people. Uh, so I believe that, you know, I believe there will always be agents needed, but, you know, they're in, the younger generation might want, you know, to bypass them, but it doesn't cost you anything to have an agent. So why not at least get the agent's input?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I can speak, you know, for me anyway, as a millennial, I really like being able to work with somebody on something because I feel like it cuts my learning curve. You know, I feel like it it puts me in a situation where I can have someone simplify something for me and explain something for me that would probably take me 10 times as much time to teach myself and I think there's going probably will always be a benefit for that I'd like to think. And so, you know, I think that you know, maybe 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 some of the younger generation might lean away from it, but I think for the most part You know, you never know, but I I think that there's always going to be a place for agents and a necessity. So my final question, and I think this is kind of a fun question. Um, That's why I threw it in here at the end. So like I said, you've been doing this for so many years, you know, um, probably almost half your life, if you think about it. Um, That's kind of Twilight Zone-ish to think about, but um, anyway, you've had such a long... um, Productive and, you know, um, really, really, um, accomplished career is the word I'm looking for. Um, you, you've had so many accomplishments and when you look back at your career as a Medicare specialist, what, what is the most, what is the thing you've accomplished that you're most proud of and
1: why? Um... I think, um, sitting down with people, um, and showing them different ideas, different plans. Um, um, I've had people say after they signed up for a particular plan, they enrolled in a particular plan that "oh, that's a relief. I was so worried about this. Um, and it's not like I've said, you know, before and before, uh, it's not simple necessarily. It's not rocket science, but it's not simple. And um, so helping other people, and it's been a good business for me. Um, and I, I think just, I think that's pretty much it, helping other people.
0: I like that answer. I mean, that's what I've always gotten the most out of it. Um, well, well, Dad, thank you for being willing to do this. You know, I know this isn't really something that you do too often, and um, so I... I, it means a lot, and I appreciate it, and um, thank you, and I think that everybody that's going to listen to this, not just in the next week, but probably for the next couple of years as this podcast circulates, um, will really enjoy being able to kind of hear your perspective and you know your, your wisdom and your knowledge throughout all the years that you've been doing this. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. As always, I bring you two podcasts a week. That could go up if I get enough requests from you, hint, hint. Um, Mondays and Saturdays, every single week. So this coming Saturday, I'll be bringing you a podcast. Um, As I've kept you kind of informed, these interview podcasts have been difficult for me to do because of my wife expecting a baby. It's kind of difficult for me to schedule things, but we're able to work this one in. Um, So if you like these podcast episodes where we interview somebody and you get to hear a perspective that's different than my own, please let me know. Um... Send me an email, christianb at xmission.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, B as in boy, at xmission.com. And thank you so much for listening. Please give us a five-star review if you're listening to us on a platform that allows it. And I will see you and, t- well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me on Saturday. Have a great week and take care now.